So here we go. Today's daf is daf lamed hey, page thirty-five. The hey kedushin, and we are going to pick up from Ula Rabbi Yechanan ben Breika Nami Nahave Piria Verivia. Okay, so this is uh, five lines from the top of lamed hey Amid Aleph. Now let's remind ourselves from the previous daf. We were discussing various sources teaching us that women are obligated in positive commandments which are not time-bound. And they... I'm sorry. Women are not obligated in positive time-bound mitzvahs. And they are obligated in non-time-bound positive mitzvahs. To put it in Hebrew terms... Mitzvah Saseisha has man grama, women are not obligated. Mitzvah Saseisha layas man grama, women are obligated. Okay? Now, we're going through various sources and specifically we're trying to, we're trying to learn why wherever it brings a source in the Torah, you cannot learn out to all other cases. So the sugi we're in the middle of right now is that there's a dispute about when, whenever you have two verses coming to teach you one halacha. It's called shnei ksuv ma'bam ke'echa. Two, two verses, two different two halachas tell, teaching me the same uh, underlying idea and therefore ein malamdin, you can't extend that idea past two verses. Because otherwise you could have just listed one while you're listing two. The other opinion is shnei ksuv ma'bam ke'echa, yes malamdin. You still could learn out, and based upon whether you hold in malamdin or yet or yesh malamdin, will help describe as to where we know the source of the halacha that women are obligated in non-time bound mitzvah Okay, l'reb or l'rebi yechenon ben breika, and according to Rabbi Yechenon ben breika, Rabbi Yechenon breika says that the mitzvah of peri of Arivia, which is not a time bound mitzvah. Women are, are not, I'm sorry, he holds women are obligated. So the question is, how can you learn out from the mitzvah of, of uh, fearing one's parents that women are obligated to perform every mitzvah? You can't learn out. There's no source. I'll tell you why. A woman must fear her parents. That's a positive commandment. That's not time-bound. She, must, she has the mitzvah Puriya Verivia, which is a positive commandment. That's not time-bound. And that should be shnei suvim abom two separate halachas, two verses that are teaching me one thing. And it should be unique to those two places that she's obligated, but in all other places she should not be obligated. Says Gemara, no. Nami David right? And you should not be able to learn out. Sorry, so that's all the questions. Gemara answers tzrichi. No, <clears throat> the halacha of fearing your parents and the, of a woman fearing her parents, halacha of a woman having children. Uh, is um, is not shakes up There's because we need them. We need them for sources for other halachas. Because of Rachman and if it was written that women are obligated to fear their parents, like as a prayer I would have given the mitzvah that they're obligated to have children. Have I mean I would have thought to say that when it says in the Torah you should have children to be in control over the world, over planet Earth. It's a man's nature. It's derech to like control planet Earth. In, so he has a mitzvah of peri of revia. He showed the ein darke lichvayish. It's not the woman's uh, responsibility to conquer the world, going out there, working the field, so on and so forth. Loi, I would say she has no chiv of, of peri of revia. 
So the Torah needs to write Priyavrivya. Because of Priya Vrivya. And if the Torah would have only told me a woman has a mitzvah of Priya Vrivya, the like of Myra, and didn't and you wouldn't tell me that she has a mitzvah obligation to respect, to fear her parents. Have I mean the ish to see big biade lasis and isha the insibiasis lie? I would say only a man who his whole life could fear his parents has the obligation, but a woman who it's not her whole life it has to fear her parents, because as soon as she gets married, she has to put her husband and children first. So I would say she's not obligated to she wouldn't have an obligation to fear her parents. The kibon the insipig biade lasis like this chayim cloud. Maybe she's not obligated at all, and therefore tricha. I need both psukim by fearing your parents, as well as the pasuk of Puri of Rivia. And if I need them, it's no longer an issue of Shnei Ksuba Bam Ke'achur. The only time when I have two verses, I say you can't extend it, is if there's no specific reason why you wrote two verses. Why would you write it twice? Oh, it must be only these two. But the Gemara here is showing, no, I wrote it twice because otherwise I'm going to make the mistakes in Halacha. And once I find a reason why I'm writing the mitzvah of Puri of Rivia, and I'm writing the mitzvah of fearing your parents by a woman, it's not Sheikh Zubam Gyachad, and therefore you could extend the Allah. Honey Khalamadamar Sheikh Zubam Gyachad Malamdin. Fine. This makes sense. Alamadamar Malamdin Michael Mehmar. According to the opinion, you could learn out from two Allahs. Why don't we learn out from um, the uh, um, why don't we learn out from the other two Allahs of Pidna Ben? A woman is not obligated to redeem her son. And a woman is not obligated in Limur Hatayram. So we should say women do not have to fulfill any. Uh, any mitzvah say, even if it's not time bound. Now keep in mind, limud atayra is not a time a time bound mitzvah because it applies day and night. Pidna ben is not a time bound mitzvah because once you hit thirty days, there's an obligation for the rest of your life, and a woman's not obligated. So why don't we use this as a source that women are not obligated in mitzvahs even if it's not dependent on time? Amarava the time umanu ravacha bar Yaakov the the papas. Knew the answer and that we're referring to of Achabar Yaakov. She put the Limar Atayra and Tfilin, Hokshakal Tarakula Tfilin. And Tarataira is connected and compared to Tfilin. Matfilin, Mr. Seisha's man, Grama. Just like Tfilin is a time bound mitzvah, only mitzvah by day. And a woman's not obligated. So to every positive commandment that's time bound. A woman is potter. The mitzvah says she's man grama noshim peturais mechlal. The mitzvah says lai as man grama noshim cha yavais. Okay. Says the Gemara. Honey, chalaman damar tefillin mitzvah says she's man grama. This is very nice if you hold that that tefillin is a, is a time bound mitzvah. Elaman damar tefillin. Elaman damar according to the opinion that tefillin mitzvah says lai as man grama. That tefillin is not a time bound mitzvah. My ikel meimar. What are you going to say? How are you going to explain this? Or you have a non-time bound mitzvah and women still are putter. Man Really? Who in the world holds that tefillin is not a time bound mitzvah? You know who it is? It's Rebbe Meir. And, and Rebbe Meir holds that that uh, that we're dealing with two psukim come teach me one Allah. You cannot use that as a source, and therefore, since we since uh, we have situations where you have positive commandments that are time bound, and women are still obligated, so it comes out that that uh, only matzah a woman's obligated in hakal a woman's obligated in, but all other time bound mitzvahs a woman will be puttering. 
He holds that even if you have two verses, you could learn out Tzulun or Mitzvah Seishalayim on Grama Ma'ikla Memar. What is why you mentioning Tzulun and Mitzvah Why why you mentioning Tzulun at all? Yeah. From the bottom line is, we no longer have a source that women are putter from Zman Grama Mitzvah from time down Mitzvahs. You have the, the mitzvah of matzah, the mitzvah of hakel, um, as well as, oh, uh, what, what did we just mention? Uh, simcha, being misameach on yamtiv. And when you have three psukim teaching me one halacha, certainly ain't malamdin. Okay? And therefore, if you have three already, that's already going to teach me and be my source that. Um, if you have positive commits, uh, positive mitzvahs that are non time bound, women taka would be obligated. The Misha said, anytime you have a laisase, anytime you have a negative command, everybody must do at all at all times. You need to fulfill all negative commands. How do you know that? Amar Kroat says in the pasuk, Isha Isha Kiyasu Bechol Chatei When a man or woman does any avera. The Torah compares of men and women to all Averus in the Torah. Another source, yeah, where we put men and women together <clears throat> when it comes to negative commandments. If it's that Torah says don't do something, a man cannot do it, a woman cannot do it. From the yeshiva of Chizkiah, they taught Amar Kroat, says in the Pasuk, the Himis Ish Aisha. If let's say the axe kills a man or a woman, Hishra Akosav Isha Ish the whole Misa Shabbatayra. Again, the Torah doesn't make a difference between whether you kill a man or a, uh, a man or a woman. The obligation, um, the obligation is going to always be the same. Okay, so we have a few different psukim that are teaching me why when it comes to negative commandments there's no difference between men and women and I need all these circumstances if we would have only said that you know men and women are the same when it comes to punishment I would say when it comes to receiving a kapara so we said oh you know, a woman can get a kapara the same way as a man because we want to be nice. Again, even though we're dealing with a consequence, it's to her benefit to get a kapara, avaldinim. But when it comes to monetary laws, ema ishtavar maso matanin, men who are usually involved with finances, they're obligated, ishaloi. But a woman who's not involved in, generally involved in the uh, financial part and responsibility of earning a livelihood, I would say, that uh, if your ox scores her, maybe it's a different monetary payment. Because you're not causing the same loss of uh, finances to the family, let's say. Yeah, men and women, uh, sometimes a husband and wife will take out different level of life insurance and things like that, right? Because th- there's um, not chas v'shalom, one has a higher value to the family than other. But as far as financial responsibility, it's more on the man than the woman. And if we would have only given the halacha, that men and women are the same when it comes to financial payments, I would say, I would say, because this is, uh, you know, you need money to live. You need money to live. And we can't allow there, there to be different standards between men and women when it comes to obligations. When it comes to kaifer, okay, when an ox kills a man or her ox kills 
a woman, so to get a kapara, Ema, I would say, top of Amud Beis, Ish, the bar mitzvah is in, uh, a man who's uh, who's chiyuv uh, obligated a mitzvah, so is uh, there's going to be a chiyuv to pay kaifer, ishalai, but not by a woman. That's I would have thought. Halacha l'mai said they're the same. Biashmin and if I only would have said the um, the last case of killing a woman when the axe kills a woman, bishum deiki ibud neshama. There's somebody died. So chos rachman Allah will say that there's responsibility. For, for killing man or woman, it's all the same. But in the other two areas where it's just uh, financial payments, I would say that maybe there's a difference between men and women, therefore I need all of these cases. Period. End of that Gemara. Complete end. Complete stop. End of that conversation. Okay. Fine. We're now at the two dots, four lines from the top, and the Gemara now is going to shift into a real fascinating uh Topic, a, a brand new topic of fascinating conversation that has to do with whether or not there's a difference between men and women and the style of haircuts that we take. A chiyav, a mitzvah to have payas, is it the same on a man or woman? Using a razor, man or woman? So the Mishnah had said, here we go. In general, in general, when it comes to any negative command, Women must follow them. But here's the problem. It says in the Torah, you're not allowed to round out the corner of your head. You're not allowed to use a razor on your face. Certain parts of your face. Here's the question. Here's the question. Women are allowed to. Even though it's written in the Torah in a negative way. Okay? Okay? So let's get into these halachas and find the sources for these for these uh, differences. Here we go. Chutz yibal takif ubal tashkes ubal to tamid lemesim. Bishnu about tamid lemesim. It makes sense that a woman is allowed to become tamid to a mesim. Tachsev emelak ahanim bnei aron. Speak to the kahanim, the sons of aron, and tell them they cannot become tamid. Bnei aron vle bnei aron. It's only telling the sons of aron, not the daughters of aron. So a kohenes. Is allowed to attend the Levaya in a cemetery. There's no problem. How do we know that a woman is permitted to round out her head as far as shaving it and also to use a razor over her beard or face? It says in the Pasuk, Do not round the corner of your heads or destroy the corners of your beard, the two halachas are connected. If it's forbidden for you to destroy your beard, it's also for you to round your, to uh, shave off your payas. Since women have no prohibition of using a razor over their face, so there's also no prohibition to take off their payas. Now how do we know women are allowed to use a razor on their face? How do you know that? How do you know there's no problem for a woman to do that? Either you can say, logically, most women don't have beards. So why would the Torah go ahead and say that? Okay? And also, Why did it say your beard in singular to male? It should have said plural. Your beard and not your wife's beard. 
So a man cannot use a razor, use something that's going to destroy the roots of his hair on his face, but a woman could. Says the Gemara of Eli, really a woman could, but there's a price of which says, Zikan Isha, if you have a woman who has a beard, or you have a man who does not, uh, is, is sterile, but it's referring to a man who is not capable of growing facial hair. I'm sorry, I lost the place. Shehelu Seyar. They happen to have hair on their face. Haray, Hink is considered like a regular beard. Now, what do you mean a regular beard? My love, Ashkosa, it doesn't seem to imply that it's forbidden to take off with with a destroying implement like a ra- like a razor. No, it's not coming to asser up a woman from using a razor because I already know that she's not up. There's no problem of using a razor from paas paas from uh, from uh, the corner corner from the halachas of the sons of Aaron. Okay, that the uh, it says specifically for kahanim upaas zikonam leigalechu. That not only, first of all, a regular Jew is not allowed to shave with a razor. And then there's a separate and additional prohibition for a Kayan to shave with a razor. Now that's speaking specifically to the man Kayan, not a female Kayan. Just like over there, it does not apply to women. So to over here, by a regular Jewish woman who's not a Kahanas, it's not applying to her either. And if you're going to say, Maybe you'll say that in general, Kahanim have more halachas. So, how much more so when it comes to the prohibition of, of shaving for a man, a woman should be allowed to do? Says the Gemara, no, I, I can't rely on logic because he logs Zerashava. If not for the Zerashava, how about me in the Hifsik Indian? I would have said that the, the Torah stops. The topic uh, in between, between we're talking about the regular Kayan before getting down to the Kayanis, and therefore I need Xerashava to let us know that the um, uh, a woman who's a Kayanis does not have a prohibition to uh, to uh, shave to uh, shave her beard. Hashtanami, name a hipsik Indian. So now also we'll say that the Indian was stopped. Okay, again, what's the Indian? When the halacha is speaking specifically to a man kayan, and then the halachas that are applying to a uh, kayanis. And if you're going to just rely on the gzereshava, which tells us that a man kayan cannot shave the corners of his beard, but a woman could, so then we'll say, the gzereshava would be needed for the following halacha in the brisa, which says, that they, they, the Kahanim, should not shave the corners of their beard. Yachol gilchu b'misbarayim yechayev. What does it mean to shave? I would think with scissors, you can't do either. Tamulam are like sashkes. It's not that you're not allowed to cut your beard. What it means is you're not allowed to destroy the corner of your beard, which means you go all the way down to the root. Scissors don't go down to the root. And therefore, it's not usher for a kayin. So yachol likta b'malkeit uberhitni yechayev. I would think, let's say you took it out with uh, tweezers and things like that, you would be high because it goes all the way down to the skin. It has to do with has to do with something that's meant for shaving. <clears throat> so it has to be like a, a razor 
and something of that sort. Okay, Tzad. So what does this mean? How does this play out? So the only time a Kayan is obligated for cutting his beard is when it's his shaving that has destruction in that act of normal shaving. And that's referring to a razor. You're not allowed to use a razor to get a close enough cut where it's all the way down to the all the way down to your skin, where it's mama's gonna uh, get near the root. So says the Gemara. The, we need the Gzera Shava to let us know what type of thing you're not allowed to use. You can't use a razor. That's what it's referring to. That's the Gzera Shava is teaching me. So if the Gzera Shava is already there to teach me about the prohibition of a razor, so it. Don't tell me the Gzera Shava is only there that a woman's putter from the, uh, from, uh, a Kehenis's putter from the Kayan obligations. I need the Gzera Shava for something else. The Torah could have written that which is from your beard. My Pa'asikonecha, the corner of your beard, it means Shmami Natarti. The Gzera Shava is teaching me both. If you have a beard of a woman, Vasaris, or a sterile man, Shalu Sayer. They have hair. They are rehim zakin the chod of ram lamai hokasa. Which halacha is it referring to? Okay. Now, if it's not teaching me the prohibition of shaving, because I already know that, what's the prohibition? I already know that a woman could shave. So, what's the prohibition? So, Amar Marzucho the Tumas Nigan. It's referring to Tumas Nigan. Somebody has a taras on them. Okay. So you're not allowed to. Uh, you're not allowed to. Uh, Cut it off. So the price is letting us know that the beard of a woman is considered a beard as far as the saras process. When you have to grow it, when you have to shave it, even though most women don't have beards. Let's say she has hair. She's going to have the same requirements as, uh, as a man's facial hair. But it's not, again, it's not telling me what we thought, which is uh, excluding the woman. Okay. Tumas the Gomba had to says, Gemara the Xer Shava can't be teaching me that because the laws of Tumas the Gomba said explicitly in the verse. The Isha Isha, man or woman, yeah, you have to shave it off at the end. So if I have an explicit verse, I don't need the Xer Shava. As far as becoming tar, Taras the Gom, Nami Pshita. When it comes to the, the purification process of Saras, I already know that as well without it. The Xer Shava, Kivan the Bastumi, Bastari. She's going to become Tomei, she, whatever it says in the Torah to do, to be Matire, to become pure, she'll have to do the same thing as a man. It's no. I need to teach me a Chiddush of the woman's process. I would have thought to say, I would have thought to say, the Psukim are written, okay. Tzadim means, when it says Isha Isha, it's referring to the outer halachas, not the entire topic of Tzaras. When a man or woman has saras on his head, or on the beard, I would say, okay, now we're talking about a man. It's not referring to a woman. Therefore, comes along the price, so let me know that when it comes to saras, a woman's facial hair has the same halachas as a man's hair. And either as part of the uh, tumma process, you have to leave it, as far as the Tara process, we will uh, it uh, we will shave it. Okay. Isi Tani, Isi taught us. Ready for this? New halacha. Af bal yikruchu noshim peturis. It says in the Torah, 
When somebody dies, you're not allowed to pull out your hair and make a bald spot on your body. Says Isi, women are allowed to do this. In other words, it says in the Torah, negative command. Do women have to do negative commands? Yes. And we listed three exceptions. She does, she doesn't have the prohibition of rounding out her face, shaving a uh, uh, razor on her face, payas, and becoming tummy if she's a kahanas. Easy says there's a fourth halacha she doesn't have to do, even though it's a negative command. What's that halacha? Bal yikrachu. She's allowed to make a bald spot over a dead, per, a dead body. He's adding this in another halacha. My time at the Isi. What is the reason for Isi? Now the reason why people would do this is to show that they're so sad. It's like sides of warning, I pulled out my hair. Your children are real your healing of people. Don't make gashes, don't make bald spots between your eyes. Lemes over a dead body. You're a holy people, and this is referring to boys, not girls. Girls, says Isi, women, are allowed to make these bald spots. says, how do you know it means a woman can make a bald spot over a dead body? Maybe it means she could cut herself. That's something else they would do. They would cut themselves to show, oh, mamish, enhance the mourning. So why, maybe she should be allowed to cut herself. Yeah, the whole nation has to keep their body complete. That's men and women. That's Am Kadesh. It's not only masculine, it's everybody. So why'd you tell me boys and not girls? It's for the other halacha. A man cannot make a bald spot over a mace. A woman could. Okay. Says the Gemara. Umara Isa. And from where does ECC? Right, EC added in this uh, this uh, bald spot idea. Where does he see the rabbi says to include that women still are not allowed to make, cut themselves, but they can make bald spots? Maybe when it says you're a holy people and it refers to both men and women, maybe that's referring to bald spots. Everybody's kadosh, so you can't make a bald spot, even a woman. She. And say oh, she could, but she could get, she could uh, make a cut. Maybe it's the opposite. How do you know which halacha to choose that she still has to do? Says the Gemara. When it comes to making a cut, it applies whether it's in a place of hair or not. And I'm excluding the iser of a bald spot, which only applies to uh, only applies to a place of. Hair. So it's a more in-depth halacha. Maybe what it says, you know, don't make a bald spot, don't make a cut, because you're sons of Hashem. Why don't we make a drusha and say, but daughters could do whatever they want, the girls could do whatever they want, because maybe it's just making a, a little scratch. Isi holds it's the same thing. And therefore, whether it's a bigger cut, whether it's a scratch, it's going to be Austria. So we, the Gemara bottom line, I'm going to hold it here, brought a source for EC. What's EC's reasoning? That a woman who makes a bald spot over a dead body, over a person, is not going to be Chayev? 
and she, she has no obligation, it's totally fine for her to make a bald spot. It's because it says in the Torah, don't make a bald spot, don't make a gash. This is only apply, applying to the sons. The gash applies to everybody, but the, the bald spot applies only to the sons. There's no prohibition for the daughters, for the women of Klai Yisrael against making a, uh, against making a bald spot. Okay, we'll hold it here. And Bezham will pick up from Abaye Omar tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.